Merry Christmas. Come on, let's thank God for allowing us to see another Christmas. This is the last Sunday of 2022. The last Sunday of 2022. Anybody just glad that the Lord brought you through? Okay, y'all, listen, it's not as cold as it was the other day. Anybody glad that the Lord brought you through? Anybody had a rough year, but the Lord brought you through? What about those who were just blessed? You were blessed even better than you expected. You ought to stand to your feet and say, thank you, Lord, for blessing me. And then all the rest of us, let's just thank God, because this is the day that the Lord has made, and we ought to rejoice and be glad in it. Listen, we thank God for each and every one of you that are here in person and those who are watching online. This is Christmas Sunday. It only comes around every now and then, every several years, but we thank God that we are able to celebrate the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. This is the very essence. This, along with Resurrection Sunday, is the very essence of our faith. It is because of the birth of Jesus Christ that we have hope, that we have peace, that we have salvation. And we ought to be grateful for that. Listen, then there's the traditions that happen. We, we love to thank God for our family, our friends. Anybody just already opened up your gifts and, you, and you're happy? So you just came into church happy. You can't. Anybody came into church like, oh, man, I didn't get what I asked for. I didn't. We just want to thank God for each and every one of you. Our pastor is coming in just a few minutes, Pastor Ray Brown. Can we thank God for the gift of Pastor Ray D. Brown? Amen, amen. We thank God for him. Our dance ministry is coming. Our magnification praise team is going to lead us in worship. But this is Christmas Day, right? It's Christmas Day, so we feel a little generous. We feel a little generous. I want the first person that can tell me what Pastor Brown's middle name is to come up real quick, real quick, real quick, real quick. I, I don't know, no, 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 real quick. Come up, come up, come up, come up, come up, real quick, real quick, real quick. Non-employees, not, no, sir. Daryl. I should have said non-employees ministries. You know how they offer that disclaimer. There's a gift card for you. Spend it on your children. Spend it on your children. I want our longest tenured deacon. Who's our longest tenured deacon? That's present. That's present. That's present. Who's our longest tenured deacon? Who? Newsom? Where's Deacon Newsom? These men serve diligently. They serve diligently the church. So we have a gift card for our deacon as well. We're being generous today. On behalf of our pastor, Pastor Ray Brown, we thank God for that. Listen, Deacon Newsom, if you don't come up and get it, it's uh, going right back in my pocket, is it? No, no one can. No one can. Okay, okay, that, that's what I just made. want to make sure. just want to make sure. And if you are watching online, we have something for you as well. If you are the first person, the first person to tell us what high school Pastor Brown graduated from we have a gift card for you as well what high school
Pastor Brown graduated. Oh, no. No, that's for the online. That's for the online Because we don't want to leave them out. We thank God for each and every one of you. We have a little fun. This is Christmas Sunday. We're going to worship the Lord. You ready to worship? Anybody ready to worship? Our magnification team is coming at this time. Come on, magnification. Let's minister unto the Lord. All right. We're, we're in a celebration. Merry Christmas, everyone. All right. Y'all ready? Let's go.
Enjoy Jesus as our dance ministry comes forth.
want to give God some praise. My, my, you ought to give them a standing ovation this morning. Come on and give God some praise. Say hallelujah. He is the king. Amen, amen. Y'all may be seated. This is when a preacher stands up and says there ought to be something in between that and this. Amen. Because that was just, that was just amazing. Amen. You can just go ahead and start giving God some more praise for them today. Amen. What a Christmas present. Didn't they just give us a Christmas present? Sharon, that was a wonderful display of gifts. Come on and give God some praise one more time. Our young people, amen. Many of them have not been in church for a few years because of the pandemic. And I'm looking at these little ones that were babies, amen. And then the babies are grown. And I, I, I tell you, it's just amazing. But let's give also the adults who took the time to supervise and to bring all this together. We love you. Come on, give them some love right now. Come on. Amen. 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 What a wonderful magnification ministry. I'm glad to be a part of something like this. I hope that you are too. To everybody, good morning. Thank you for joining us today. I know that you've already been blessed as we come together and celebrate our Lord's birth to each and every one of you. Merry Christmas. Amen. Look at your neighbors and tell them Merry Christmas. Come on, find three or four of them and say just Merry Christmas. Amen. If you got a mask on, say Merry Christmas. If you don't do it like this, amen. But we just need to give God some praise for the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Bow your heads with me if you would. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come this morning to say thank you once more and again for this wonderful privilege of gathering together to worship, to praise, and to lift you up. Uh, we are grateful for the Christmas story. We realize that it's part of our story. We thank you for the life, the birth, the life, even the death, because we give you praise for the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Lord, as we celebrate on today, we ask that you would speak to us, speak through us. Let the words of our mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, our strength and redeemer. Use us in a way that your name is glorified. Use us in a way that your word is magnified. Use us in a way that your people are edified. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Give the Lord another hand. Praise, amen. Won't you stand with me now for the reading of the word. We're not going to be before you long. There is a word from the Lord found in the Gospel of St. Luke, chapter 1, verses 26 through 30. Thank you, musicians. God bless you all. Amen. Beginning at verse 26 in the New King James Version. And it reads, now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed 
to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary, and having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting was this. The angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. The word of God for the people of God. Praise be to God. You may be seated in the presence. We're concluding a series of messages entitled The Story of Christmas, and we've been highlighting the fact that everything about Christmas was unexpected. From the angelic announcements to the unanticipated pregnancies, from the hostility of the leaders to the excitement of the shepherds, everything about Christmas was unexpected. After decades of despair that had draped over the devotion of the Hebrews, their silent suffering was suddenly shattered when a baby was born in a barn on the backside of Bethlehem. The sound effects that you just heard a few minutes ago, a baby. I need y'all to be on cue next time. <laughs> a baby born in poverty who would later be called a prince, wrapped in rags who would later be deemed as royalty, crying in a crib who would later be crucified on a cross. His surprising advent announced not the conclusion of earthly oppression, but the commencement of everlasting emancipation. A precipitous reminder to all of us that God has a holy habit of doing the unanticipated, yeah, yeah, yeah. using the underestimated, yeah, yeah. and arriving in the unexpected. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so today, with the aid, assistance, and the anointing of the Holy Spirit, I want to preach and teach for just a few moments about unexpected meetings. Look at your neighbor and say, sometimes there are unexpected meetings. This particular meeting was utterly unexpected. She was an unknown teenager from a non-aristocratic family living in a remote village who incidentally became a key player in one of the most dramatic events in all of human history, the birth of the Savior of the world. Throughout the entire epic of sacred story, perhaps no script is better known than the account of Mary's unexpected meeting with an angel. Her captivating chronicle catalogs the riveting report of both an angelic interruption and a divine selection. No more than 16 years old of age, the angel Gabriel was sent to her to inform her that she had been selected to be the mother of the Christ child. 
with her braids swaying in the wind, she wondered in her mind, how could this even be possible? Yes, she was engaged to Joseph, but they had not been intimate with one another. And yet the angel's proclamation was that of an impending pregnancy. Gabriel said, the Holy Spirit has come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. You will bring forth a son and call his name Jesus because nothing is impossible with God. Nothing impossible indeed. Not only would a pregnancy have to be effective without the benefit of male participation, but her fiance would also have to be persuaded that the entire episode, as she explained it, was actually the truth. Joseph, her fiance, had been moral and meritorious, principled and proper. The question is, how would he deal with this devastating disclosure? Given that even if he chose to believe it, there was still the community that had to be convinced because, y'all, listen, hear me when I say this. Typically, we think of faith as that which anchors us, that which fixes our stars in orbit and secures us and uh, reversals trouble, collapse, and setback. Uh, but that's not the quality of Mary's faith. Mary's faith was pliable enough. Mary's faith was flexible enough. Mary's faith was supple enough and adaptable enough to meet, greet, accept, and accommodate surprise. Her faith literally challenges all of us today because it was malleable enough to tolerate upset, to entertain the unexpected, to proceed in the unpredictable, and continue even in chaotic conditions. Preach, Pastor. Faith, y'all, is not tested in plastic moments of peace, but it's when the bottom drops out. It's when the sun doesn't shine. When when you forgive and get hurt again, when, when you stand up and get knocked back down, when you make one step forward and get pushed three steps back, when sickness saps your strength and death steals your loved one, when tragedy takes your child, enemies become rigid, the road is rough, the going is tough, the hills are hard to climb, that our faith is truly tried, tested, and trained. What caliber of faith do you have? You didn't just get here th th this morning because you didn't have nothing else to do. I believe you came here to be challenged, and I, I need to challenge you because too many people have faith. Uh, this is what I call a, a hothouse faith. As long as the temperature is controlled and the climate is clear, my, my dreams are being materialized and my wants are being satisfied, I, I, I believe. I, I, I can say hallelujah, and I can say praise the Lord, but, but let the economy go south. Let the pandemic persist. Let the crisis arise and the storm brew. Let our needs go unmet and our dreams get deferred and then we fizzle and dissolve faster than sugar in red Kool-Aid. What, 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 what caliber of faith do you have? Do, do you have a faith that's flexible enough and pliable enough to permit you to be surprised by God? A faith that can face unexplainable circumstances and say with confidence like Mary, Lord, let your will be done. Should I remind you, ladies and gentlemen, that God's ways are not always our ways and our ways are not always God's ways. 
the saints used to sing songs like that. They, they, in the yesteryear, they would say, God moves in mysterious ways, his wonders to perform. He plants his feet upon the sea and rides upon the storm. But there's a verse that says, blind unbelief is sure to err and scan his works in vain, but God is his own interpreter and he will make it plain. A teenager, here it is, from a non-aristocratic family living in a remote village becomes a key player in one of the most dynamic and dramatic events in all of human history, the birth of the Savior of the world. From one generation to another, she would be known and venerated as the mother of the Christ child, the one man who was fully human and yet fully divine. Can I go there real quickly? God's only begotten son, incarnate deity, God in Galilean cloth. Through her partnership, God would invade human history, establish a beachhead in time, penetrate the pain of human saga, and bring hope, healing, deliverance, and joy. To that the child was to be born, a son was to be given, the child born was born of a woman and thereby fully human. The child that was born was born of God and yet thereby fully divine. Y'all ain't even getting this. That's why Luke depicts and describes him in the cultural terminology of first century Galilean culture as the God-man. The God-man. There's only one God-man. And my friends, uh, this is the mystery of incarnation. The incarnation declares that God has a habit of doing the unanticipated, using the underestimated, and arriving in the unexpected just when it seemed that all hope was lost. When the wicked appeared to have won, the enemies appeared to have the victory, and trouble seems like it's going to last always, God shows up. Paul wrote in Galatians 4 and 4, in the fullness of time, God sent forth his son in a meeting that was unexpected as it was unpredicted. God showed up just in the nick of time. Can I say it like I like to say it? God exploded the narrow perimeters of human understanding and stormed the shores of life in the fullness of time. God entered the experience of the human and began the majestic work of redemption, not like a soldier in military fatigues, but as a vulnerable, defenseless, imperiled infant just like us. Oh, I... I I got to paint this picture. God entered our experience at the most basic primitive, y'all, the most basic primitive of all human encounters as an embryo planted in the womb of Mary. The incarnation is equivalent of that what happened way back in the beginning when the Spirit of God hovered over liquid chaos, when out of nothing God brought something, when out from nowhere God established somewhere and then in an inanimate silence God spoke his energetic and, and his life giving word God spoke and cosmic particles of unrelated matter began to collide collapse and converge God spoke and nebulae began to explode with ecstatic enthusiasm God spoke until the universe has marched off his interstellar tongue and world into the abyss in order and beauty God spoke 
until gravity stood in full salute and commanded every planetary constituent to do likewise. God spoke and inorganic became organic and random became systematized and indiscriminate became methodical. The grand symphony of creation is equaled by the miraculous breakthrough in incarnation. Ah. Paul in theological language to the church at Philippi wrote to the believers in Philippians 26 and it says, who being in the form of God Thought it robbery to be equal with God. Y'all ain't even shouting on it. That's the word. Emptied himself and made himself of no reputation. Took upon himself the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of humanity. Jesus Christ. Y'all ain't even. This is why we celebrate Christmas. Jesus Christ is the firstborn of a new species. Christ. The ontological dissimilar uh, from you and me, born like us, yet born becoming more than us, born with the lineage of the first Adam, but destined to become the second Adam. I'm going to take y'all there anyway, because the first Adam failed us, but the second Adam freed us. The first Adam deformed us, but the second Adam transformed us. The first Adam put us out, but the second Adam brought us back in. The first Adam lost the battle, but the second Adam won the war. The first Adam brought defeat, but the second Adam brought deliverance. Jesus Christ is the firstborn of a new species. Can I get somebody to shout hallelujah? Ah. Mary became pregnant. Mary became in this moment a vehicle of grace. When God decided in eternal providence to enter into the human struggle, to pitch his tent among the sons and daughters of humankind, to pierce human history, by creating something without precedent. And when he decided to do all that, God chose Mary. Listen to me real good, because one of the greatest joys of life, and I think y'all will agree with me when I say this, is coming into the awareness that you have been chosen by God. Y'all ain't taking this personal enough. God chose Mary. And and here's your shout, God chose also you and, and me. Go on and testify real quick if you ain't ashamed and tell somebody he chose me, he chose me. Because yeah. Mary, like us, was, was, was the recipient of the amazing grace of Almighty God. God chose her by grace. Why Mary? Because grace. But I mean, what was it about Mary? Grace. God chose her to be the vehicle of his purpose in the world, and that's what made her important, and that's what makes you and I important. It's our relationship with Jesus Christ. Do I have anybody in here who's got a relationship with Christ? Our relationship with Christ links us to the purpose of God that's been pronounced in our lives because in Christ we are given a faith that will not shrink, a love that will not let us go, a peace that passes all human understanding, a joy that is unspeakable, the power to stand, the courage to fight, the patience to persevere, the hope to hold on, and the assurance that, will, that it will all in the end work out for the good of them who love the 
Lord. In Christ, our thoughts are quickened. In Christ, our steps are commissioned. In Christ, our dignity is ennobled. In Christ, our integrity is maintained. In Christ, our agenda is established. In Christ, our gifts are amplified. God chose Mary by grace, and my friend, he is your child. God has chosen you. No wonder we sing joy to the world. Jesus Christ is the personification of God's purpose in the world. Mary would be pregnant with the purposes of God. Mary is pregnant with purpose. She's pregnant with potential. I'm going someplace. Nine months she shouldered. She supported and sustained God's holy purpose in her body until she could deliver. And, and I'm just talking to 375 people who are watching online and, and who are in here today who, who know what it is to be pregnant with the purpose of God. Uh, there is purpose that God wants you to fulfill. That's, that, that's for you. There, there's destiny that, that God wants you to pursue. There, there's a plan that God wants you to discharge. There, there's a work that God wants you to do. There's a charge that God wants you to keep. There's a change that God wants you to make. There's a chance that God wants you to take God wants you to make it in his name and I'm not talking to everybody but somebody who's listening right now you in your third, third trimester I don't even know who I'm talking to I, 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 somebody right now you, no wonder something's been kicking inside of me and although you having false labor pains and flutters and you, you know that any day now you about to deliver and God permitted you to come to church today and allowed me to preach in this place today for me to tell you that there's a purpose in your pain that struggle you're in that turmoil that you're going through those burdens that you got to carry that chaos that you've been navigating that broken heart that crushed stone that that bitter regret it's painful but it's purposeful go on and look at somebody and encourage your and say it's painful but it's purpose but here's the shout because any day now you are about to deliver ah. somebody right now somebody right now you sitting to somebody who's real close you 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 your, your, your contractions have already commenced and, and you begin to dilate already and, and you just one push from your next level. I, 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 let, me, let me bring this back in. Hold on. Let me. Because it was in an unexpected meeting. God in grace chose Mary. What made this meeting successful, Victor? What, what, what is it that made it successful? Can I drop this on the desk, desktop of your imagination? And, because first of all, you got to notice that Mary was receptive. I, I'm going to give you three of these and I'm going to let you go. Everybody just say receptive. She was no stranger to God nor to the things of God. She showed no surprise that, that God was speaking to her nor that an angel appeared. What surprised her was not what she saw, but surprised her was what the angel said. Unlike Zechariah, he was disturbed by the mere sight of the angel in the temple. She, she could handle what she saw. It was what he said that threw her off balance. And, and the text says Mary was greatly troubled by his words, uh, troubled like a person who just tested positive for coronavirus, Tr troubled like an employed worker who can't get a 
decent stimulus check, troubled like a longtime employee who just watched their retirement savings evaporate, troubled like a homeowner whose note just skyrocketed when their adjustable rate mortgage expired. When I get to yours, you can just move. Troubled like an employee who just got downsized and outsourced and replaced. Mary was troubled, and yet she was open to receiving the Word of God. My question is, what about you? Are you open, even right now, to hear what God is saying to you? It, it, it was her, her revelation that provided germination. Y'all need to grab that real quickly. The organ of perception was the organ of conception. She was receptive to the word of God. Now, what about you? Uh, okay, let me give you a, a story. In George Bernard Shaw's play, St. Joan, Joan of Arc was always hearing God's voice. And her husband complained to her saying, why don't your voices come to me? I'm the king, not you. But she responded and said, they do, but you just don't hear them. So let me ask you again, are you receptive to the word of God? Because we are run real fast with non-truth and uh, 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 facts that are phony and, and <laughs> fake news. But are you open to the truth of God's word? Because God does not always speak in the way that we anticipate. God sometimes speaks in quiet desperation or in chaos of conflicting circumstances. But know this, my friends, God will speak and all you got to do is listen. I wish I had some help here. Is there, is there anybody who really came here today ready for God to change your deprivation into elevation? Your, your, your plots into platform, your setbacks into setups, your weeping into joy. If you're ready for that, just say, preach, preacher. Just, just say, amen, Reb. God in grace chose Mary, and the thing that made this meeting successful was that she was receptive. Say receptive. But not only was she receptive, I got one more for you. She was respectful. Say respectful. Y'all, respect grows out of the soil of humility. Respect is the ability to esteem, honor, and be considerate of the feelings and reputations of others. And yet, unfortunately, in this day that we live in, it is mine to announce to everybody today that it is in short supply, even in the church. There's a supply chain failure when it comes to respect. Because our culture has trained us to value assertiveness and aggression. We are encouraged to be aggressive and belligerent. And, and, and as a result, an environment has been uh, uh, created in our world where everybody is focused on self. It's my way or the highway. Nobody has time to be kind and sensitive no more. Y'all, sensitivity is nudged out of the window of expedience, and many of our relationships have been dismantled and destroyed. Ah, uh, this is the non-shouting part of the sermon, so it's okay if you sit back with your arms folded, because 
the truth is there's, there, there's no more humility. Humility is not being molded anywhere, especially in social media. Too many of people are assuming that meekness is simply weakness. Don't you be fooled. Just because I'm meek don't mean I'm weak. Don't, don't, don't you let my meekness fool you. Just, just, just because I might act like I'm real. Yeah. Uh, but I, it, it takes enormous strength. Yeah, it don't come natural to respect people because a whole lot of folk don't even respect themselves. And listen, for the family to survive, for relationships to thrive, there has to be some respect. And I don't know about you, but I've learned that sometimes you've got to swallow your words. You, you, sometimes you've got to think it, but no, not to say it. Is there anybody here with me? That somebody cut in front of you and, and, and shot their hand out the window with a, with a, a gang sign? You, you, you got to learn how to control yourself. Respect is the precursor of relationship. It, it permits our relationships to grow and flourish. Y'all hear me when I say this. God gave us the family as the incubator of love where values are passed down from one generation to the next where there should be room for children to be children and for parents and grandparents to grow old and be respected and honored. But we've created somewhat of a Cult of self. Are y'all hearing me? Do not deny yourself anything. Don't sacrifice anything. Don't defer, delay. Instant gratification. Do your own. It's your thing. Do what you want to do. I want what I need and I need what I want. And as soon as the newness wears off, as soon as the thrill is gone, there's no sense of empathy, no sense of understanding. We've forgotten how to forgive, how to reconcile, how to turn the other cheek or even say, I'm sorry. I told y'all, this is the part where you don't shout at. It's all about us. Even in the church, we've learned to duck and dodge and slip and slide and peek and hide rather than permit the Holy Ghost to tie us together in love and fit us together for fellowship and lift us by grace and empower us with enthusiasm and bind us together in compassion. I'm arguing, y'all, that we need to recover some respect. Somebody asked Leonard Bernstein, the great conductor, what was the hardest instrument in the orchestra to play? To which, without even flinching, Leonard Bernstein said, second fiddle. Because I can always find somebody to play first violin, but, but to find somebody to play second violin with enthusiasm is a challenge. I think I just said something. And, and yet, my friends, hear me when I say this, because if nobody ever plays second, we have no harmony in the orchestra. Yeah, somebody missed that. Look at your neighbor that didn't even move. They, they had their head down. Yeah. Uh, what's, what, what's true musically is true spiritually. It's true relationally. You may not have the lead role, but it doesn't mean that your role is not important. You may not have, you may have, the, you, you may not have the solo, but it doesn't mean that your music doesn't count. We need every part if we're going to have some harmony. Mary was respectful. And my question to you today, what about your relationship with God? Do you really believe you deserve God's blessings? Some folk are arrogant with God. I know God gonna bless me. Do, do, do you really think that you've been that good that God just ought to and have to and must and should bless you in the way that you desire? Can I give you a little loving correction on Christmas? 
You've got an education because God made a way for you. You got a house because God opened the door for you. You got a family because God provided that for you. I need to remind you it's God's grace, it's God's blessings, it's God's goodness, it's God's compassion, it's God's praise, it's God's mercy, it's God's kindness. God keeps on looking beyond your faults and seeing every one of your needs. So when you approach God and when you interact with the people of God, be they in your family or not, be respectful. Come on and give God some praise. You ought to come to church with some kind of respect and reverence. Whose house you in? This ain't your house. This is God's house. God chose Mary and Grace. And I'm through. I'm just about through. But here's what made her successful. That, that meeting was successful because she was receptive. It was successful because she was respectful. But notice, Mary was also ready. Say ready. ready. Everybody say ready. ready. This is the hardest part of this message for me, but I got to share it because when I was in middle school, we learned that biologically speaking, that each month, every premenopausal female has a designated period of readiness. We learned that. We learned that it's a time when her body is physically ready to become pregnant. And one of the ways that a woman identifies her readiness is, is by what is called medically, is called PMS. <sighs> I told y'all this was hard. <laughs> Brothers, help me here. Sisters, I really need... Listen, PMS is a, is a group of symptoms linked to a woman's menstrual cycle. PMS is an indication of ovulation. It's about to take place. And, on a monthly basis, every premenopausal woman in good health completes a PMS cycle. Don't miss it. Here, stay with me. It'll bless you. Her body is about to release unutilized and unusable material. Her system removes what's not been productive. So she can now be primed for new possibilities to enter her equation. Preach, Pastor. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm trying my best. I'm sweating. Give me my towel. <laughs> but, but I'm only saying this because God told me to tell somebody who's listening today that, that, that what you've been going through this last year has just been nothing but PMS. Pre-miraculous stuff. Help me hear somebody. I, it, it's stuff that you had to get out of the way in order to get ready for your miracle. It, 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 it's pre, pre, yeah, somebody ought to shout pre-miraculous. God only permits us to accumulate stuff in our life, only so much unusable stuff before we are forced to remove and release and what we can no longer reproduce. And it puts us in the posture where we can get ready for some new possibilities. It's just PMS. I had to get rid of some stuff this year. It's just PMS. I had to get rid of some stress this year. I've been carrying stress too long. No money stress and, and no, no boost stress and, and, and no heavy burden. This is, I'm, I'm testifying in third person. This is you. No, heavy burden stress and co-worker stress and dysfunctional relationship stress and cranky boss stress. Uh, sorry, I had to let it go, but I had to get that monkey off my back. I, I had to get that devil out of my 
life. I had to shake the dust off my feet because the presence of that old stuff, that unproductive stuff, that unutilized stuff is blocking my new stuff. Can I preach for a few more moments on that? Because after a woman has gone through PMS, she's ready to ovulate. Let me teach it while I preach it because ovulation can only come after PMS. Everything that is unproductive has been released. The body now recycles itself for the possibility of fertilization. And according to most gynecologists, the period of ovulation has to last at least 16 days. Now, during those 16 days, and I've done some math, uh, during those 16 days, a woman's body is receptive to the possibility of new life. I, I got to work this because... Somewhere I read in the book of Revelation that the, the church is like a female, like a, a, a woman. The writer of John likens the church to a woman, and metaphorically, it's the bride of Christ. And stay with me, because if the metaphor is accurate, and there are 16 days each month when a woman is ready to produce, that means there are at least 16 days out of every month when the church can be blessed and highly favored. I'm going to go a step further. There are 16 Hours and every day when the church, that's you and me, can be victorious and triumphant. Y'all didn't hear me. 24 hours in a day, you sleep eight of them. So during those 16 work waking hours, your victory is always within your reach. Watch this. Even while you sleep, there's somebody up there who neither slumbers nor sleep. So you can be triumphant even while you sleep. So while you're resting, just know God is working. This is, some, uh, this is for just about 750 of y'all online and in person who've come through some PMS. Can I tell you something? You need to declare right now in the next 16 months, you are about to be fertilized. In the next 16 months, you are about to be fertilized that your life, your family, your finances, your health, your children, say it to yourself. You ought to declare my business and my home is about to produce something. Eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, neither has it been imagined. I'm shouting for the next 16 months because my PMS is over. Somebody ought to shout, I'm ovulating. I'm expecting something to happen that has never happened. And just like Mary, I'm ready. Oh, is there anybody that's ready? Get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. Because get this, y'all. The womb is open for 16 days. But in order to produce, there must be engagement. In every engagement, even on a physical plane, there are millions of seeds released. But wait, only one egg can be fertilized. And not everybody, but somebody's pregnant today. God is fertilizing your mind. God is fertilizing your life. God is fertilizing your money. Go on and tell somebody he talking about me. That, that when I leave here today, I'm going to be pregnant with a new dream. Because I'm carrying a new possibility. I'm going to be pregnant with a new plan because I'm carrying a new hope. I'm about to be pregnant with a new idea because I'm carrying a new joy, new peace, new power, new life, new faith, new possibility. It's me. 
My miracle is happening now. My peace is happening now. My joy is happening now. My breakthrough is happening now. You ought to grab that. Your deliverance has arrived. And if I'm talking to you right now, you ought to stand on your feet and get ready right now. Believe it right now. Receive it right now. Enjoy it right now. Walk in it right now. Shout about it right now. Go tell it on the mountains, over the hills, and everywhere. Go tell it on the mountains that Jesus Christ is born. Hallelujah. Yes. Ain't the Lord all right? Merry Christmas. Let the joy bells ring. Hey! Today by accident. None of us are here by accident. It might be an unexpected meeting for someone who doesn't know Christ, but none of us are here by accident. Pastor has preached a word, and the Bible says that the word does not go out void. There must be a response. And if you are here today or you're watching online and this word has touched you, it has reached down in your spirit, then you need to respond to the invitation to accept Christ. The same Christ that we celebrate today. The same Christ that was born and lived among us. This same Christ that went to the cross, went to the grave, and then went to glory. The same Christ that's coming back again. You need him in your life. And if you're here today and you don't know Jesus, you don't know this same Christ that we're celebrating. It's easy. A, admit that God is not in your life. You're living a life of sin. He's not in it. B, believe that Jesus Christ, this same Christ, that he died for your sins, 
so that you could be saved and live eternal life and see, confess with your mouth, believe in your heart that this same Christ can be the center of your life, the leader of your life. You have two options if you're accepting Christ today. The first one is you can walk down this aisle and we will meet you. We will walk with you. We will talk with you and tell you about how to become a member of the family of God and a member of the family of resurrection. Your second option is to text. You can text 830-689-8074 and join that way. Two options. You can walk down this aisle. We're already there to meet you. If you're here today and you're feeling a stirring in your heart, God has met you. Jesus is waiting for you. This is the day of all days to accept Christ. Unwrap your gift. Unwrap the gift of Christ. If you don't know him, this is the day. This is the day. I'm going to give you some time to come. Yeah, this is why we come to church. That the gospel message of Jesus Christ, his birth, his death, and his resurrection is preached. This is why we come, so that somebody, somebody will accept Christ as Savior. Two ways. Walk with us. We'll meet you. We'll talk with you. Text 830-689-8074. We want to thank you. To thank you. The invitation never closes. You may be seated. The invitation is never closed. If you are joining online, we want to welcome you already. We thank God for you. We have worshiped. We have worshiped. We have worshiped in prayer. We've worshiped in praise. We've, we've worshiped in praise dance. We've worshiped in the preached word, and now we worship by offering our presence to God. God loves a cheerful giver, does he not? He loves it, and today of all days, we bring our best to Christ. Your commitment and obedience to giving has made it possible for this church to spread the gospel, to grow disciples, and to help people outside the church. If you want to give, you can give electronically through PushPay. Text RBC1 to 77977 and follow the instructions there. You can give on the way out today as you exit the sanctuary and 
you can mail it in this week. We would say bring it in, but we're not going to be here, so y'all mail it in. <laughs> that invitation never closes either. Thank you, Pastor Brown. It is always our sincere prayer that God restores everything that you have put in preparation and in prayer and preaching for us. That's always our prayer for you. We have one more service today at The Rock at 12 noon for our Spanish service. Those of you that have time to go by there, go. Otherwise, we're going to pray that their service is as wonderful as this one was today. As we prepare to enjoy our family, our friends, our good food, and our gifts to one another, we want to recite our church vision statement. So, Resurrection, if you will stand. Resurrection, who are we? Servants of Christ, developing followers of Christ, who share the love of Christ. Yeah, we got it. We, one day we're going to not have to put that up there anymore. We're going to know that by heart, right? Father God, we thank you for this opportunity to worship on this Christmas day. We thank you for the ultimate gift of your only son, Jesus. Thank you that he came to save us from sin and from ourselves. Father, we pray that our worship today has been pleasing to you. We thank you for our pastor, for his family. We thank you for keeping him. We pray that he has the opportunity to rest, restore, recharge, reflect, and rejoice on all that you're doing in his life and in the life of this church. Bless and protect us all as we depart from this place of worship. Bless our day of celebration and our dear friends and families. Cover and keep us. Those of us who are missing loved ones at the table, cover us, Lord. Help us to be mindful to encourage those who are struggling emotionally during this time. And let the joy of Jesus rest on us all and be a gift that is stronger than any earthly gift we can receive. Now we proclaim this blessing over your people. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. And may he give you his peace. And the people of God said, Amen. Amen. Merry Christmas.